take our Bibles out tonight, go to the book of Colossians, New Testament, book of Colossians. And as you turn, I want to encourage you with a little bit of a, a story I don't think we've mentioned or hasn't been really spread around publicly. Uh, in our prayer list, I was looking down at the names. I saw Miss Colleen's name down there, and uh, I got a call the other day that uh, was it Miss Pam, a carjacking almost, basically, what she was involved with. Uh, there at Walmart, and uh, boy, bless her heart, she has a lot of issues already with her health, and uh, and then to run into something like that, you never know what you're praying for when you pray for people and needs they're going to encounter throughout the week. So keep uh, being faithful to pray for our people. Colossians chapter uh, number two tonight. If you would, let's go ahead and stand together as we look down to verse number six. Colossians chapter number two, and look down to verse number six. Uh, let me say right quick, appreciate all those who came out yesterday for our Jolly Keens luncheon. Had a wonderful message by Brother Joey Harris. Came in and preached for us. Did a great job with that. Had a great meal, Thanksgiving meal. Uh, a lot of turkey and dressing. Amen. You can never get too much of that. Colossians chapter 2, look down if you would to verse number 6. Uh, the Bible says, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein. Now, watch, here's our two words we looked at last week. We see them again reappearing here in the book of Colossians. With thanksgiving, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Let's stop there and pray one more time. Father, thank you for your word. I pray you bless it tonight. Bless it, Lord, I pray that it would have free reign in our hearts. Help us respond during the invitation time. And Lord, help us be obedient to how you would lead us through your word. For it's in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Last week we began a, uh, a short series, if you will, on looking at the hidden graces of thanksgiving. And the importance of Thanksgiving and why Thanksgiving is something we shouldn't just celebrate once a year, uh, but celebrate throughout each and every day of our life. Uh, we should always be focusing in on the goodness of God. You know why? Because God's always good. And there's something always to be thankful for to God. And you may not have what somebody else has, but I promise you the life you have is the life somebody else is praying for. Uh, the life and the possessions that God has blessed you with, to be honest, uh, here in America, any of us in this room tonight are probably very rich compared to most of the rest of the world that we're living in. For those of you that are maybe have traveled abroad a lot, or maybe you've been in the military to go to third world countries, I mean, even small things that we take for granted. I think about hot water. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I like hot water. Uh, every once in a while, I've gotten a, a cold shower when I had to, uh, but I'll just be honest with you, I like a hot shower. Uh, I'll I'll drain the tank sometimes. I like hot water so much. You go to other countries, uh, they don't know what hot water is. They go jump in the creek. They go jump in the river. How often do we turn on the hot water and don't even think about it? Sit there brushing our teeth and letting the water run. Why? Because we're not as thankful as we should be uh, for all that God's done for us. And thankfulness and thanksgiving is something we ought to focus in on. During this time of year, we begin giving it thought, don't we? We begin counting our blessings and thinking about uh, all the things God's done for us throughout this year. We're in November next month. It's the last month in this year, and uh, we're winding down, and we start looking back at the year, and maybe God blessed you with a new job or a raise at your job or maybe a new car, and God blessed you maybe to get past the sickness you had, and we're thankful this time of year. But I think we as the people of God have got to get in a better spiritual habit and a spiritual mindset of being thankful throughout each and every day because I'll promise you God blesses us 
so much through each and every day uh, that if we just stopped to count them all, we'd spend all day doing that, wouldn't we? What we're looking at in this series is the hidden graces of thanksgiving. Some things that we don't realize that come along with thanksgiving. Last week we're in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. The Bible says, be careful for nothing. That means be anxious or worrisome or care-filled for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Last week we looked at how thanksgiving was situated uniquely between being care-filled and having peace. Now I don't know about you, I don't want to be care-filled. I don't like being care-filled. I don't like being anxious. I don't like carrying around thumbs in my pocket, do you? Uh, I don't think any of us like being worried or have anxiety all the time. And we so desire to be at that place of peace. But between being care-filled and finding the peace of God, last week we found that Thanksgiving was situated right there in the middle. Now, tonight we see the same thing. Look at Colossians 2. We look down, the Bible says, verse 6, we've received Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad tonight we can receive Christ Jesus? The Bible says that after we've received him, to walk in him. That means that Christ is not an accessory to our life. Christ envelops our life, okay? You say, well, what's the difference in Christ being an accessory and Christ enveloping our life to where we're walking in him? Well, you know when you have an accessory, you take it with you, right? But when you're enveloped in something, it takes you with it. And that's what the Bible says we should do with Christ. That after we get saved, Christ is not just a part of our life, but our life is now hid inside of Christ. Keep reading. Verse 7, the Bible tells us how we should live and walk in Christ. Rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith as ye have been taught. And then here it comes. Abounding therein with thanksgiving. It's amazing how many times that word thanksgiving pops up in Scripture. Now notice just as last week. Last week the Bible says, with thanksgiving. And I tried to make the point last week that it looked like that thanksgiving was just thrown there at the end, right? That we have prayer and supplications. Those are the important parts. Oh, and by the way, here's a smidge of thanksgiving. Oh, remember, it's not an accessory. It's a main ingredient. And I hate to tell you tonight, Oftentimes in my life, Thanksgiving is not a main ingredient. Thanksgiving is something that's just there at the end. You know, I go to God and I'll say, God, I, I need you to help this person or God, help this family. And oh, by the way, thank you for life. God, I need you to answer this prayer. And God, I need peace in my life. Uh, and, and God, by the way, thank you for my family. I believe tonight Thanksgiving ought to be a, an integral part of our walk with God in our life. And notice tonight, here it is again. The Bible says, abounding therein with thanksgiving. And I want you to see something tonight. Thanksgiving is a key ingredient in this, uh, this recipe God's giving us tonight. And notice what the recipe is about. Verse 7, rooted, built up, established. Rooted, built up, and being established in our faith. Now folks, could we all agree tonight that being rooted being built up and being established in our faith, those are important, are they not? Do you know what that basically, if we took those words and kind of just matched them all together and got one idea out of what he's saying in verse number 7, he's talking about longevity, spiritual longevity and spiritual survival. Listen, you will not survive spiritually if you're not what verse 7 says, rooted. You'll not survive if you're not built up. You'll not survive if you're not established in the faith. 
and notice he associates thanksgiving with that. Now, it doesn't seem like it makes sense that being rooted and grounded and established in the faith, that thanksgiving works into that recipe, but I believe wholeheartedly it does tonight. Notice verse number 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you. That word spoil means to ruin you. Now, isn't it interesting, last week, Thanksgiving was situated right between, what was it, being worried and having peace. Thanksgiving was situated right in the middle. Notice tonight, if you will, that Thanksgiving is situated right here between being established in verse 7 and being spoiled in verse number 8. Now, folks, I believe that every word in this book is inspired. It belongs there. It is not an accident that God desired in his, his will that that word, thanksgiving, be in there. So that word, thanksgiving, sits at a pivot point. That somehow, thanksgiving helps us bridge the gap between being rooted and built up and being spoiled and being ruined in our faith. Now, tonight we're going to see what role that plays and look at another message in the hidden graces of thanksgiving. Now, I'm going to give you two things. Last week I gave you two, and you did so good with two. You paid attention. Nobody fell asleep. You amen every once in a while. I'm going to give you two again tonight as a reward, all right? Not going to go three. Just going to give you a couple of things tonight at the hidden graces of thanksgiving, and we're going to see tonight how this thanksgiving mindset will help us become rooted and established in our faith. So let's see what the Apostle Paul is telling them. He's telling them, hey, you need to be rooted, built up, and established. Then he says, somehow thanksgiving works itself into that path, into that recipe. So number one tonight, I want you to see how this works. He says, you need to be rooted and established and grounded in your faith. And he says, along with that comes thanksgiving. Now, how does thanksgiving work into that? Number one tonight, I want you to notice that thanksgiving reminds us where we're rooted. Thanksgiving reminds us where we're rooted. Now, if I could just give you a simple definition tonight of what Thanksgiving is, I believe Thanksgiving is when you and I pause to acknowledge the providence of God in our life. Is that what it is? That when we pause for a moment to give Thanksgiving to God, we are pausing to acknowledge what God has done for us. Yesterday in Jolly Keens, the message that was brought by our guest speaker spoke about the providence of God. Now, you know, oftentimes when maybe we're going down the road and all of a sudden someone stops in front of us and we slam on our brakes and we begin skidding down the road and we stop right before we hit the other car. Now, I hope that doesn't happen to you on the way home tonight, uh, but if it did, here's what we say. Boy, it was the providence of God. Thank God that I didn't run into that car or maybe your kid. Your kid got lost in church tonight. I hope that doesn't happen. Or God forbid you forget your kid. Believe it or not, it happens more than you realize. I don't know if it's on purpose or not, but sometimes they get forgotten. They're asleep on the pew, and so far we've had no husbands left on the pew that have fallen asleep. But every once in a while, a kid will get left behind. And you have to turn around and come all the way back to get your kid that you left here. And, and then as you head back down the road, between the time that you got back here and the time you left, there was an accident. And you're thinking to yourself, my soul. And if I hadn't forgotten my kid at church, then I could have been in that accident. That was the providence of God. Now, here's what's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that oftentimes we only look at the providence of God in big things. You know that God spared me of this or God provided me. Do you know it's by the very providence of God that we're breathing tonight? 
It's by the very providence of God you can hear me tonight and you can see each other tonight and have your wits about you to drive the church. All of that's the providence of God. And when we pause to thank God for that, we're acknowledging his providence in our life. Now watch this. We're about to go into this Thanksgiving season out in our secular society. There's turkeys everywhere. Turkeys in fall colors, and everybody's getting their dressing recipes out and getting their turkey fryers out. Don't burn down your house, okay? Uh, that's why I use one of those oilless fryers. I'm not going to burn down my house, and that'd be embarrassing and a bad memory on Thanksgiving. But everybody's preparing for Thanksgiving. Do you know in our society, I'm afraid we've gotten to a place, and I may have mentioned this before, that in secular Thanksgiving we are thankful for, but not thankful to. Do you know there's a difference there? Do you know you can be thankful for something and be thankful that you have something or that you've been giving something without acknowledging the one that it came from? As a child of God tonight, thanksgiving for us is acknowledging that what we have, who we are, and what we're capable of doing is all because of the providence of God. Now watch this. What does the Word of God say in James 1.17? Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. We know that all that we have and all that we are and all that we can do is because of the goodness of our Heavenly Father. And every time we stop to be thankful, do you know what it's reminding us of? It's reminding us of where we're rooted. It's all because of Christ. Do you know there's nothing good of yourself? Do you know outside of Christ, there's nothing good you can do of yourself? Matter of fact, John 15, 4, the Bible says, unless you abide in the vine... Boy, you, t you have an old grapevine out there by your house or a muscadine vine by your house. Take and cut off one of those branches. Just cut it off and lay it there on the ground. Watch what it does outside of the vine. It can do nothing. All it can do is rot. Nothing good will come from it. But oh, as long as that branch is attached to that vine or that vine is attached to that branch, it can produce fruit and it can grow and it can flourish. That's you and I outside of Christ. And then when you begin looking at your life, maybe you serve in a ministry here at our church. Maybe you have the opportunity to minister to other people. Our nursery workers back there tonight. Our, our kids up there in master clubs tonight. And they're serving. Do you know how they're doing that? They're doing that through Christ. And oh, look, I know, look, working with kids. For those of you that work with kids, I get it. Sometimes it's hard to be thankful, isn't it? we got some teachers in the room tonight. Amen. Sometimes it's hard to be thankful for the opportunity to work with kids. Sometimes it's hard to be thankful for working with adults, amen? But you know what? The opportunity to do that is because you're rooted in Christ, because outside of him you couldn't. That's why you ought to pause to be thankful. You're thinking tonight, what's wrong in your life and what's wrong in your world and what's not right and what could be better? Can I tell you, it would change your perspective tonight if you just started counting your blessings and realizing that all that you have is because you are rooted in Christ. And outside of him, you could do none of this. That's why he says in verse 7, I want you to be rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. I promise you tonight, you could be rooted longer. Listen, you could be grounded longer if you just started being a little bit more thankful. Realizing all that you're able to do and all that God has blessed you to have is because of Christ. And outside of him, we can do nothing. Give an example. Our staff meeting the other day, we were looking at John chapter 6, and it's amazing. Uh, John chapter 6, verse 66, you know, what a horrible reference, 666, right? Uh, the Bible says this was the time where many of the disciples went back and followed Christ no more. 
They says, look, we're, we're, we're done, all right, we're going to go back and we're, gonna, we're not going to follow you anymore. And Jesus says, will you also go away? Will ye also go away? What did Peter chime in and say? He says, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? Here's what he said. We're rooted in you, Christ. We're rooted in you. He says, thou hast the words of eternal life. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, Christ, we can't find outside of you what we can only find rooted in you. We're not going anywhere. That's how we as God's people ought to be. Take time to count what God has done for us, the blessings in our life, and we realize that all that we have, your singing ability, because you're rooted in Christ. Think about the health that you have, rooted in Christ. I did a study one time. I encourage you all to do it as well. Went back this afternoon and looked over it. Look how many times the words in Christ are mentioned in Scripture. Find the words in Christ. Nowadays, we have electronics, and you don't have to go through your Strong's. Boy, those were the days, weren't they? You ever had a Strong's Concordance? Flipping through there, finding all of those references that are there. I have my dad's first Strong's. Boy, it just wore out, wore out. Now I just get on my computer, type it in, boom. Within a second, it gives me all the numbers. I looked up this afternoon just a few that I want to give to you. The Bible says in Romans 3, 24, we have redemption that is in Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, the Bible says there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ. 1 Corinthians 1, 2, the Bible says, we are sanctified in Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 19, we have hope in Christ. 2 Corinthians 2, 14, we have triumph in Christ. Philippians, rejoice in Christ. We are bold in Christ. All of those things we have in Christ. In Christ. Now, I want want you to see something tonight. Look at verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. You know what that means? Philosophy basically means man's ideas. All right? Man's ideas. Here's what it's saying. Be careful of being moved away from Christ because of man's ideas. All right? We're all capable of that, right? Uh, I mean, how often do people get caught up in false doctrine? All through man's ideas. Now, watch this. How do we remain rooted in Christ and not get carried off into these vain deceit and philosophies of man. It's thankfulness. Let me show you the key to that. It's thankfulness. When you realize that in Christ I have hope, when you realize it's in Christ I have my boldness, in Christ I have victory, in Christ I have joy, in Christ I have power, suddenly man's ideas come along and try to lure you away from Christ. And here's what you do. You start adding up all that you have. Lord, I'm thankful for the hope, the joy, the power, the peace, the victory. And all of a sudden, the devil wants you to trade that for man's ideas. You're like, no way. There's no way I am getting away from Christ for vain philosophies. Why? Because I know what I have in Christ. You see, there's our problem. Because we're not thankful, we don't know what we have in Christ. We don't take the time to realize the joy, the peace, the power, the boldness. We have that in Christ. And when we start adding that up, the devil offers us some of his ideas. By the way, the devil has good ideas too. And you start thinking, well, well maybe, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe, watch, verse 8, those, those philosophies aren't too bad of philosophies. I, I looked up uh, today some of the worst ideas in American history. You really can't Google that. 
worst ideas in American history. And I, I really uh, zoomed in on the specifics of products. Okay, worst products in American history. Number one, across the board. This was not in my lifetime, but I've heard a lot about it. I have a picture of it. We'll put up here for you right quick. Uh, number one, worst product in American history uh, is the Edsel. Now, if you had one, if you drove one, maybe it wasn't a bad idea to you. Uh, but this car seemed to come up on every list that I studied, uh, the Ford Edsel. Worst ideas in American history. I don't know how much money they lost because of that. That was a man's idea that didn't pan out too well. On the list, let me give you just a few others. Number two on the list was New Coke. I do remember that. Called it Coke 2. I think they were trying to catch up with Pepsi, and I don't know why they want to do that, but uh, they tried, and it failed miserably. Also on the list, in no particular order, I didn't know this was one, Cheetos Lip Balm. I just got to ask, anybody ever try that? Anybody ever try that? That's because it was a bad idea. All right, bad idea. Uh, another one on the list was Clairol Touch of Yogurt Shampoo. I had to go back and read it because I, I, I don't know much about shampoos. I don't research shampoos. I don't have much of a need for shampoos. And it said that they had to take it off the market because people were eating it. Uh, they mistakenly thought that it, because it was yogurt shampoo that you could eat the shampoo. And they eventually took it off the market. Can I tell you something? Men's ideas don't always pan out, do they? The Edsel, Coke 2, Cheetos lip balm, and yogurt shampoo. Look, man's ideas may work, man's ideas may not work, but I'll promise you what you already have in Christ, it's a sure thing. That's why Peter said, to whom shall we go? Peter says, I know what I got in you, Christ. I'm not going anywhere else. That's why we ought to pause every once in a while and be thankful for all that we have in Christ because Thanksgiving reminds us of where we're rooted. I've got to stay rooted in Christ because in Christ I have all of these blessings and I have all of this power and I have all of this grace. My daughter, you know her favorite uh, food is a grilled cheese. I don't know what food category that rolls into, but that's her favorite food. And uh, Every once in a while she'll be running late getting out the door and I'll say, don't worry about it, I'll bring you your lunch today, intending to go home and make her something. You guys can take the Edsel down, I don't want to uh, distract anybody. I'll go, I'll forget to go home and, and get her sandwich, and so I found out that I can go to Subway, and I won't tell you where because I don't want you to ruin the good thing that I've got going. There's a Subway somewhere here in Hattiesburg where I met this really nice lady. This really nice lady will take a six-inch flatbread, she'll cover it in cheese, she'll put it in the oven, she'll microwave it for us, or bake it, or whatever that is they do to it. Uh, she'll wrap it up, and she charges me 69 cents. Don't ask me where. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not gonna, you're not going to ruin the good thing I've got going. Because I've gone to a few other subways in town. Uh, I'm not going to tell you where they are either. And, and they charge me $4. And I went to another one and they charged me $4. Uh, this nice lady at this particular one, I mean, I almost gave it away to you. Uh, that nice lady, I've got a good thing going with her. And uh, I don't go in there unless she's working on that day. I don't go to the one down the road. I don't want to go to one down the street. I don't want to go to the one across town. I'm going to that particular one because I've got a good thing going there. You're not going to uproot me from that subway. Why? I know what I got there. I got a sweet deal, 69 cents for a grilled cheese. Times get tough. Hey, there you go. Now, you see, that's the way you ought to be with Christ. You ought to know the good thing that you have in Christ because you stop to be thankful for it. You stop to think about, hey, in the morning before you ever roll out of bed, you ought to start counting your blessings. Maybe just count 10. 
Just start off with 10. Thank God. Hey, open your eyes. Blink them four or five times where you can see clearly. Boy, thank the Lord I can see. Listen up and see if you can hear the rain falling off the eaves of your house and the, the rain dripping into the, hey, thank the Lord that I can hear. Thank you, Lord, that I can breathe. And all of a sudden you realize that all of that comes through Christ. And you're like, there's no way, devil, you're moving me away from Christ today. Why? Because I know what I got in him. You see, thanksgiving reminds us of what we're rooted in. We are rooted in Christ. I think about Demas tonight. What did Demas do? Well, Demas was serving and he was rooted, but suddenly he got uprooted. What did he get uprooted by? Well, if you look at verse 8, you'll see what he got uprooted by. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world. Boy, you'll be over here and you're raised in a Christian home. You know all the Bible verses. You can quote all the Bible verses. And you know what the Bible says about hope in Christ, power in Christ, boldness in Christ, victory through Christ. You know all of that. But man, after a while, the rudiments of the world start looking really good. Amen, teenagers? Starts looking really good. You get excited about, man, the world's got this to offer and that to offer. And you quit being thankful for what God's blessed you with. Uh, could our adults amen just a little bit tonight when, uh, to, to say the statement, these young people don't understand just how important it is to be in a good church at a young age, amen? It's important, isn't it? And they probably don't realize what they have right now in Christ. And then per tradition of man and per tradition of Baptist, uh, after they graduate high school, they drift away from God and they get away from God and they come to find out the rudiments of the world are hollow, aren't they? And one day they make their way back to Christ. And they realize, boy, I didn't realize what I had. Do you know, Mom and Dad, if you're not careful, you'll do the same thing. You won't be thankful for what you've got. The goodness of God, the victory, the power, the joy, the peace, the triumph that you have in Christ. And all of a sudden, the rudiments of the world, just like Demas. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. If you're not careful, you'll be uprooted. Why? Because you didn't realize what you had. You weren't thankful, and that's where you got uprooted from. I have found this, true story. The less thankful you are, the less rooted you will be. The less thankful you are, the less rooted you will be. For example, Eve. I want you to think about Eve. Eve had a perfect world, and she was the only woman who ever existed who had a perfect husband. Think about it. It was all right. She had a perfect world lived in a perfect garden with a perfect husband. And with all that she had, Satan comes along and he offers her something else. Can I, can I just give you a little bit of a theory in my opinion? I believe part of the reason that Eve sinned is because at some point she quit being thankful for what she had. She didn't realize what she had, all the goodness and all the blessings of God. And suddenly when she was no longer thankful for what she had, she was drawn away from Christ. She was uprooted from what God had blessed her with. And now we know the rest of that story. 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'll give you this and I'll give you the second point. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 2, the Bible talks about the world that will welcome Christ when he returns. That's what it says, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Think about this world, the Bible says it's perilous. Personally, I believe we have a glimpse of it right now if this is not it right now. We are living in perilous times. We look and we see this. Men are lovers of them themselves. All that people care about is their own rights. Covetous, give me what I want. I want what you have. That's socialism. We're living in that. Covetous, boasters, 
proud, blasphemers, disobedient to me. How did we get to that point? How does society go from the land of the free, the home of the brave, what God's blessed us with, this wonderful land of freedom and liberty? How do you go from that to something what we're looking at today, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2? It's amazing. In that list, right after disobedient to parents, do you know what it lists? The Bible says unthankful. Unthankful. How does America go from that first Thanksgiving there with the pilgrims that our kids celebrate, dress up as, draw pictures of? How do we go from that to the place where we are living in these perilous times? I'll tell you how. We're not thankful. The Bible says that that generation that will welcome Christ is a generation that's not thankful. So number one tonight, a hidden grace of thanksgiving. Watch, thanksgiving reminds us where we're rooted. You'll stay rooted in verse number seven if you're thankful in verse number seven. And then secondly, let me give you this. Notice what else it says, being rooted, rooted and built up in him. Here's what I love. When God roots you, he roots you for a reason, Right? You don't plant something in the ground just to plant it in the ground. No, there's a reason behind it. The Bible says we are rooted and then we are built up in him. We put down our roots so we can build up our faith. Do you know the faith that you have above your spiritual ground is a reflection of the roots that you have below your spiritual ground? All right? You want to have great faith out in the open where everybody can see that God is working through your life? You better put down roots behind the scenes. All right, David did what David did because of the life he lived behind the scenes. Daniel did what Daniel did because of the spiritual life he had behind the scenes. He did what he did out in front of the scenes. Now, watch what happens in this second grace of thanksgiving. The Bible says we are rooted and then we are built up in him. The second grace, and the hidden grace of thanksgiving is this, number two. Thanksgiving helps us build believers. Thanksgiving will help us build believers. Belief, the Bible says, built up in him. Part of the way we do that is through thanksgiving. I'll think about this tonight. How much of the Christian life could really be boiled down to a building project? I built a lot of things in my life. I was in construction with my dad for years. We built houses. We built uh, businesses. We built dog houses, bird houses. Just about every kind of house you could build, we've built it. You think about what building is, it's taking one piece and adding it to it, taking another piece and adding it to it. The Bible says that's what the Christian life is like. Jude 1.20, the Bible says, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Building up yourselves. Look, after we get saved the rest of our Christian life, we are now rooted in Christ. We've received Christ. You look at verse number uh, 6, we've received it. So walk ye in him, and we walk rooted, and then we are built up. 2 Peter 1.5, the Bible says, beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. The rest of our Christian life, we are building our faith, our families, we are building churches, we are building people. I told someone the other day, uh, some of the best advice I was ever given uh, when we were building our church in Louisiana was, don't forget, building a church is building people. Building, it's piece by piece, adding more to the, the puzzle that we're building. Now, watch this. When you pause to be thankful, for what God has already built, then now you have the faith to trust him for what else he wants to build in your life. Each and every one of us are nothing less than a spiritual building project. I was thinking the other day about, uh, we were up in Tennessee, and I told you the story. I told you I'd tell you the back story. I'll give you the back story right now. We were up in Tennessee and wanted to see a bear. I showed you a picture of it on Sunday night, I think it was. Wanted to see this bear, and we didn't see any bears anywhere. 
except for the wooden ones that are on the post everywhere. There's a little bit of wooden bench. And I remember the last day we were there, we got back to our cabin. We had gone and rode an alpine coaster, one of our new favorite things to do in the world, ride these coasters down the mountains. Well, that was fun. We got back to our cabin. I looked out over Weir's Valley, and I prayed a little prayer looking out that window because my wife just wanted to see a bear. She never asked for anything. And she says, I just would love to see a bear. I looked out the window, and I says, Lord, I'd love to see a bear. I didn't say it out loud. I just prayed quietly. Lord, I'd love to see a bear. Lord, would you give my wife a bear? Would you just help her see a bear? So I scanned the valley. No bear. No bear. I said, you know what? I'm going to get in my car. So I got in my car, and there were several cabins on the row where we were staying. There was a cul-de-sac there toward the end. And on every cabin, there was one of these wooden bears carved hanging onto the post. And so I'm driving down there, wooden bear, wooden bear, wooden bear. And then I look down in this ditch, this, this, this washout, and there was one of those wooden bears in the ditch. The difference was this wooden bear lifted his head up. I said, well, that's not a wooden bear. I couldn't believe it. I did a double take, literally spun around in the cul-de-sac, raced up the hill, and started beating on the door of our cabin. Uh, I think the reason they didn't open the door quicker is they thought the maniac was out there. I was just so excited. It was a bear. Couldn't believe it. Now, watch this. I just prayed about it, but I still couldn't believe it. I think there's something in Scripture about that. She opened the door. Leslie got in the car. We drove down the cul-de-sac, looked down in the ditch. The bear was gone. I'm like, oh, that's tough. Come on now. I'm like, I promise you there was a bear there. I promise you there was a bear there. My wife goes, look. And we looked over. There was two mama bears and three baby bears walking along the edge of the wood line. It was just beautiful. That was the one I got to be. I just kept getting closer and closer videoing them. You know, that's my first experience with bears up close. After everybody went back in the house, the show was over. We got our picture with the bears. Well, I just stopped to thank the Lord. Just thank the Lord for the bear. You think, Brother Jeremiah, you could go see a bear at the zoo. I know. I know we could. But boy, I prayed for that bear. And God blessed us to be able to see a bear. And he said, what are you getting at here? You know, something as dumb as praying that God would help us see a bear. I'm going to pray about more things later. I'm going to pray for more things later. And then I'm going to be tempted to doubt whether or not what I'm praying for is going to come to pass. I have a sneaky feeling the Holy Spirit's going to say, remember that bear? Remember that bear? You see, when you stop to be thankful, it builds your belief. Look, it's just a dumb black bear that wanted to eat me. But you know, I'm so thankful for what God did. Watch, it builds faith for me to look forward to what God wants to do. Can I ask you a question tonight? Metaphorically speaking, have you ever prayed for a bear? Something small, insignificant? Have you prayed for something that maybe that you felt even sheepish to pray for out loud and then God answered that prayer? If God answered that prayer, can I tell you what you ought to do with that? You ought to be thankful for it. You ought to be thankful. You know why? Because every time you're thankful, you're building, you're building faith for the next prayer. God, thank you for that bear. Now, now, now Lord, I, I, I'm going to pray next time I'm on the deer stand. Lord, give me a big, big deer. And every time I start to doubt when I'm on that deer stand, I'm going to ask God, Lord, Lord, remember that bear you gave me? Lord, I trust you just like I trusted in that bear. Thanksgiving helps us build belief. I couldn't help but think about Daniel today. Like I said, you'll be surprised at how often Thanksgiving pops up in Scripture when you start looking for it. In Daniel chapter 6, listen to what the Bible says in verse 10. 
Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed. And we know that part of the story, right? You know what the next few words say? The Bible says, and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Here's what I wonder. When Daniel went back to his bedroom and to his house to pray with the windows open like he did aforetime, he knew the decree was signed. Do you know it takes more faith to keep praying when you know the decree has been signed? It's going to take more faith to pray today than it did yesterday because yesterday the decree wasn't signed. It was easy to pray then, but now Daniel's praying again. And notice as he prays what he's doing. The Bible says he prayed three times a day and prayed and gave thanks. That means as Daniel knows the punishment for what he's doing before he's asking God for anything, he's thanking God. Here's what I wonder. That as Daniel is praying for the faith and the strength to be able to keep doing the will of God, if he's not thanking God for what he knows God has already done. God, thank you for this job you've allowed me to have in the kingdom. Daniel had a nice job. Here he was, a captive and, and taken to this land in the first captivity. And Daniel, Lord, you know there's a lot of people suffering, but you've allowed me to have a, a high up position. God, thank you for that. God, thank you for giving me grace in the sight of those who are over me. Oh, you read the book of Daniel, you'll find out God's providence was all through there. God had elevated him. And when he went to Melzar, he says, look, we're not going to eat the king's meat or drink the king's wine. Can we just have water and pulse? And he says, yeah, we'll grant that to you. Oh, that's the providence of God. And so Daniel knows the decree's been signed, and Daniel's praying, and he's thanking God for all of the providence in his life. And then suddenly, he's building the faith to look forward to what God is going to require of him. Could it be this tonight? Let me ask you this. Could it be tonight that the reason we don't have enough faith built up for the future is because we haven't taken time to be thankful for the past? You think it's every time you're thankful for what God's done, you're building faith to look forward to what he wants to do. Suddenly, what you were afraid of, the consequences of your faith, as in Daniel, the consequences were grave. Suddenly, he built up enough faith to be able to tackle that burden. Why? Because the Bible says he gave thanks. Lord, thank you for this. Lord, thank you for that. Lord, thank you for being here. You see, our spiritual strength and our spiritual measure of faith is directly influenced by how thankful you are for what God has already done. Take the time to be thankful. Thanksgiving helps us build belief. In 2024, Central Baptist Church will celebrate 75 years. And uh, we've been working probably for 18 months uh, collecting pictures and stories. I've interviewed so many people about uh, things God did in their life and through Central Baptist Church in their life. And uh, I've heard wonderful, wonderful stories. But can I tell you what I've also heard? I've also heard of tough times, difficult times, problematic times. I've heard of times where it was hard to look forward. Can I tell you, as I sit there and look through pictures and listen to stories and testimonies, I look back and I'm so thankful for what God did in this year, in that year, in the next year, in the next year. And then suddenly when you see all that God's done in 75 years, your faith is now built up enough 
to look forward to the next 75 years. See, that's why Thanksgiving is important. Why? It builds faith. What did he say? Rooted, built up in him, established in the faith, and then he tags it along with thanksgiving. It's amazing how many times in our life we forget to give thanks for the little things. And, you know, those little things add up, don't they? The, the song says little is much when God is in it. Start adding up the little things. Lord, Lord, thank you today. You blessed me with health, and I can walk today, and God, I can see today, and I got to go to church on Wednesday night. I know Wednesday night is kind of like the least favorite church service all week long, but I'll tell you, God is here just as much on Wednesday night as it is on Sunday morning. Thank God for letting me go to church on Wednesday night, and if you do get home by the providence of God safely tonight, Oh, thank God for that. After a while, you're looking at a mountain of the blessings and goodness of God, and you're like, wow, God, if you could do all of that for me, then I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I'm just going to trust you with it because Thanksgiving builds our belief. One more thing, and I'll close. We read about Jesus feeding the 4,000 men. Here he has just a few pieces of bread and a few fish. Here's Jesus. He's our pattern, correct? The one we follow in his footprints. The Bible says that Jesus took it and he broke it, and then what did he do with it before he fed? It was 4,000 men, and then you had women and children. What did he do? The Bible says he gave thanks. He gave thanks. Now, I want you to think about something tonight. He was thankful for the few fish and the few pieces of bread. How often are we not thankful for the few things? How often? How often do we stop and say, God, thank you for that raise today, but we didn't even stop in our morning to thank God for letting our heart beat another moment to see another day. We don't thank God for the few things. Now, let's keep that thought going just for a second before we close. Could it be tonight that our lack of thankfulness for the few things is keeping us from seeing what those few things could become in the hand of God? Maybe the reason tonight we don't see the multiplication of what God desires to do in our life is we're not thankful. You know, being faithful over a few things begins with being thankful over a few things. Hey, say, boy, Lord, I'll tell you what, if you'll give me a million dollars, I'll be faithful to that million dollars. You'll never be faithful to a million dollars if you aren't thankful for the ten that God's blessed you with. You never will. Being faithful with it means being thankful with it, acknowledging, hey, this ten dollar bill is the providence of God amazing how often we look overlook the few things and I think tonight that's why they never become many because we're not thankful for them rooted Bible says with Thanksgiving Thanksgiving reminds you of where you're rooted tonight could I just encourage you for a few minutes well when you go home tomorrow and your quiet time when you get up tomorrow morning this morning I got up I made my coffee I sat down and began reading my Bible couldn't help but be thankful for all that God put in here for me he said, well, he wrote this for everybody, but boy, it speaks to me. Does it speak to you? Oh, I'm thankful for that. So thankful for that. And boy, I was able to get in the car and drive my daughter to school. You know, we have so much health problems in our family. Mom will have surgery tomorrow. And so far, she might be a little bit weird, but she's healthy. Thank God that my daughter's healthy. After a while, you see the goodness of God stacked up so high. Man, no, I'm going to stay rooted right here. I'm going to stay right here in Christ because in Christ, hey, 
That's everything I need. And outside of Christ, there's nothing doing. No vain philosophy, vain deceit, rudiments of the world. No thank you, no thank you. I'm going to stay rooted in Christ. Why? Because I just see how all the good things that God's blessed me with through Christ. Number two, don't forget, thanksgiving helps us build belief. I believe tonight, in the end, our lack of faith toward the future really does boil down to us never being thankful for our past. You ought to just stop, start thanking God for the small things, the great things, and realize that Thanksgiving truly is a key to spiritual longevity. Rooted, built up, established. That's spiritual survival. Could be tonight the reason we're struggling spiritually in our hearts and lives and raising our kids, building our homes. Could it be tonight is because we just haven't stopped to be thankful. Heads are bowed tonight, eyes are closed. Let's stop in.